If you've been investing in real estate, then you're definitely going to want to listen to this episode because with Todd Dexheimer, we dive deep in how you can supercharge your real estate business with syndication and how he applied some of these strategies directly. You're not going to want to miss it. See you there. This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. All right, guys, welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I am very excited. I have Todd Dexheimer in the studio today. How are you doing, Todd? I'm doing excellent. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm glad to have you. And Todd is the CEO of Venture D Properties, where he started investing in real estate back in 2008. And since then, he's purchased and renovated over 500 units and over 150 single family flips. He's done a ton of other types of real estate deals, which we might talk about today. But he also hosts the Pillars of Wealth Creation podcast, where he dives into the strategies on financial freedom with successful entrepreneurs and shares that knowledge with all of his listeners. And so really excited to have you. Are you ready to jump into things, Todd? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Well, you've definitely hit some success metrics by most people's measurements. So if we start by looking back at your life, what events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? I guess it's hard to pinpoint. I mean, I came from a, a just a working class family, right? My, my mom and dad were definitely amazing parents. They both worked very hard. My dad worked full-time and probably then some. My mom was kind of a stay-at-home mom, but also worked a lot of odds and ends jobs. She was a daycare provider and all that kind of stuff. So I think a, a lot of kind of seeing them, seeing some of the struggles that they went through, but also kind of they shaped a lot of my personality. And then hearing my mom, I think she was kind of an entrepreneur at heart, but didn't know how to really do anything. So hear her uh, really talk about it definitely provided some some motivation for me. The other thing though too, I think was really great. My dad, when we were pretty young, my brother and I, uh, and I had quite a few brothers, but one, my closest brother in, in age and I, he worked at a manufacturing company and they, they needed these shipping crates for a product to be delivered. And so he got a contract for us to build these shipping crates. And so we owned our own business at a pretty young age. I think I was maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe 15, 14, 15. My brother was a couple of years older than me. He was the CEO of it when it started. And then when he graduated, I took over as the CEO. And <laughs> so that was a really good uh, business experience. Uh, definitely made me appreciate it. Always wanted to be an entrepreneur, you know, so I did, I had a lawn mowing business like a lot of kids do. And and that type of stuff. So, you know, I'm not sure exactly the event or whatever it was, but there was a lot of just little things along the way that really pushed me to want to kind of do something on my own and versus just being an employee. Yeah, that makes so much sense. It sounds like you had a little bit of that influence coming in. Where do you think it came from for you to, to take that leap into entrepreneurship coming from kind of a middle-class family where it sounds like there wasn't a lot of that kind of roaming around your parents' minds? I don't know where it came from. I know that that like fire, that feel was inside of me, right? Because when I start, first started teaching, it just wasn't like, I used to be a high school teacher and it just wasn't like this 
it didn't provide me what I thought it would, right? It didn't provide me that freedom that I wanted, that sense of accomplishment and, and just the desire, the burn was there for me to do something bigger and, and build something bigger. I've always, I think, even since I was little, wanted to make a massive impact in people's lives. So I think it was, it's always kind of been there. And then through reading books, of course, and discovery through books that we all know, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and, and then a lot of other books really, I think, kind of poke that fire uh, <laughs> to, to get you to kind of break him. out of this like traditional life of working as a teacher. I mean, making yeah. that transition from uh, being a teacher to being a business person, that's got to be quite the jump. They're not very related, that's for sure. The mindset of teachers, uh, for the most part, are very different from the mindset of business owners. Yes, I've experienced that a little bit from some people that I've uh, <laughs> met along the way and yeah. you know, just where what people are thinking about. And you know, that's totally, totally fine. But so tell us a little bit about what your primary focus is as an investor and kind of what you're doing right now. Yeah, so right now my main focus is multifamily value-add syndication. So I'm buying you know, 100, 200, 300 unit properties. We're completing value-adds. So we're just basically doing some light renovations, typically uh, raising rents, trying to really focus on reducing expenses. That's a big thing. Uh, create a lot of efficiencies, create a, you know, take advantage of a lot of green options that are out there and really reduce expenses. And that syndications, uh, we're simply just pooling people's money together to buy the assets to make it a win for the investors and for us as the general partners. Hey, makes sense. A lot of people are focused on syndication today. Tell me and tell the listeners why why that's like a good model for you as an operator. It's a good model for me as an operator, I think, because it it allows me to grow and to scale and it allows me to provide my investors with what they desire, which is passive income. And so when I was first starting the business doing, you know, fix and flips, and even doing smaller rentals, I would bring investors in and I would provide them that those checks. And it was, it was, it's always been great. It's always been, I don't know, for me, I love giving my investors a check at the end of the day. Like I, I really enjoy doing that. I see what it provides them. So, so syndication allows me to continue to do that and allows me to continue to grow and scale. I would not be able to buy very many 100, 200 unit buildings on my own. You know, I have limited capacity, right? And so I can do it the slow way and do one at a time and obviously a long time in between, or I can do it the way I'm doing it, which is the syndication and, and kind of do two things at once, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like you get to do more by bringing other partners on to each of the deals. Yeah. Uh, and that makes a lot of sense. And with your experience, you're definitely qualified to be in that position to be able to go out and do that. So, you know, you've been investing for quite a while, over 10 years at this point. Talk to me about one of the biggest challenges that you faced along the way. Like what comes to mind when you think of, this is a challenge that I dealt with and something that was maybe a little overwhelming. I'd love to hear the story of that. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a couple things that come to mind. I'll talk about just the challenge of, of growth and getting out of my own way, my own head, because I think that's something a lot of us struggle with. You know, I started out aggressively purchasing real estate, but it still was kind of in my head that I could do as much as what I ended up doing. When I finally got out of my head there and scaled up 
and started doing a lot of flipping and buying these rentals. I was, you know, I was buying like 50 properties, 40, 50 properties a year, flipping a bunch of them, keeping a bunch of them. But then I kind of wanted to transition out of that and just focus on just the rentals. And I was, again, in my own head, I, I got kind of happy and just satisfied and I call it fat and happy, right? I just, I was comfortable where I was and I had this limiting belief that I couldn't scale bigger faster, right? I had to like take baby steps to continue along the way. So it's just these growing pains. And I think we all get stuck in these where we go, we want to get to the next level, but we don't think we're worthy enough to do it, or we don't think we're ready enough to do it, or we got to do a certain amount of somehow we have to like graduate right to that next level. And I wasn't ready to graduate for some reason or didn't think I was. And so that, that's been my biggest challenge in it. Again, it's, it's happened a couple times. It's challenging to get over. Oh, I, I could definitely imagine. I, I've been there right along, right along with you there. When you are dealing with those moments and those moments of feeling not worthy of questioning whether you're ready of feeling like you need to just learn one more thing or do one more thing before you can do it. How do you break through that? And what do you tell yourself in those moments? First of all, it took me a while. It wasn't like this overnight thing. There was a lot of just self-reflection. There was a lot of, of reading and trying to work on bettering my myself, not only my skills as a real estate investor, but myself as far as my mindset goes. And there was a lot of just like looking at my overall goals and trying to decide where I want to go with this thing and, and taking this to the next level. That was a process. It, did, it wasn't overnight. Like I said, it, it took me a long time to really get to that point where I was like, now's the time. I, like, what am I waiting for? I started to really, I think, kind of get ready to accept it, but finally took one of my mentors that just basically, I was telling him my plan, my goals, and then said, here's, you know, I just got to get to that next property and then I'll be able to get there. And he's like, why aren't you ready right now? And, And him just saying that, it was like, yeah, you're right. I'm ready. Like I'm, yeah, why am, I, why, why am I not ready? You're right. And so it's just that little kind of question, like, why aren't you ready right now to go to that next level? Why is somebody else better than you? Because other people are doing what you're doing. Like, why is somebody else somehow more qualified to do what you're doing and you're not? It was a process. It takes a while. But I think really understanding you know, what your goals are and understanding that you are much more ready than what you honestly think you are in your mind. It doesn't mean you need to jump head first into something you have no clue about. And that's not what I'm trying to tell people, but you can't continue to prepare and prepare and prepare and prepare and never to take action. You have to take action. And if you don't, you're just, you're going to be stuck where you're at. You've got to. That's so, it's so true. And it's so very true that it's easy for us to get caught up in our head and to kind of be held back from doing the things that we really know we're capable of. And there's all of a sudden this moment where we realize it. And that's where we, as you put it, graduate to the next level. And I love that because, you know, as investors, as entrepreneurs, as just human beings, like 
we all face that from time to time, but it's how quickly we can move to that next phase is how we really strengthen ourselves to really be doing this for the long term. So you've been doing this for a while. Tell me why you've succeeded where so many others in our industry have failed. Yeah, I think uh, perseverance, right? I, I continue to push on. I, I, I'm consistent. I'm persistent. And I think that's definitely valuable, right? I, I'm not going to let things get me down. This is what I, what I do. This is how, how I identify who I am or part of who I am. And it's a big part of my life, my overall goals. And so there's challenges. There's plenty of times where I could have just said enough. Like getting a nine to five job would be way easier, right? And yeah. just being a teacher, it would be easier. It just wouldn't be as satisfying. It would be, and, and no offense to teachers because it's a lot of hard work, but it would be easier, more secure for me to get a, a teaching job, right? But that really for me is not an option. And so I think for somebody, for people who fail on this, I think there's a couple reasons. First of all, they're not persistent, consistent. And second of all, they're not focused. That's big. They're not focused. There's people who are listening right now who probably still have that mindset, that fear inside of, of going and taking the leap, of just going after the thing that they know that they're capable of, that they've learned the skills, or they've been studying, or they've been learning these tactics, but for some reason they're still not doing it. What would you say to those people right now? Well, you've got to dig deep, right? You've got to try to understand you got to ask yourself, why are you doing this? If you don't have a reason, a true reason why you're doing it, then go do what's easy, right? But if you have a true reason and passion for doing it, then don't let it hold you back. You've got to be able to push on. You've got to be able to surround yourself with people. Are you surrounding yourself with the right people? Are you listening to the right podcasts? Obviously, if you're listening to this, you're listening to one of the right podcasts, but what are the other you know, things you're listening to, who are you surrounding yourself with, the books you're reading, all that kind of stuff. So I think knowing your why is going to be probably one of the most important things is why, why are you here? Why are you doing it? What, like, something's got to push you beyond because times are going to get tough and you're going to get smacked around. And if you're not, if you don't have a real reason you're doing it, you're not going to continue. Right. And it's, it's tough to start. Like re so sometimes real estate can come easy. You get, you luck into your first deal and uh, it comes easy and you make some money. But for most of us, it's anywhere between like three to 12 months before we make our first paycheck in real estate. And it's easy to give up if you're not making any money in real estate. My, my first deal came about a, almost a year after I first started studying about real estate. And, you know, Steve, I know, I, I know you, it didn't come the first day. So no, it took months and months and months of not making any money or seeing success before we capitalize on that, that victory of earning that first dollar. So on the topic of success, how would you define success and what is success to you? It's different for everybody, right? So success is, is, accomplishing the, the goals you set out to and I, I think continuing to improve upon those goals and continue to build upon those goals. For me, success is creating that financial freedom for myself and my family, but also creating 
a legacy and creating not only a legacy for myself, but creating something that's going to be lasting longer than I last, right? So I want to be able to give back to other people in a positive way. I want to be positively affecting other people's lives. So that's what I want to create. So that's success for me. If I can create, you know, foundations, charities, if I can create a lasting impact on people's lives through the actions that I have today, through, you know, the businesses that I build, that to me is success. Huge. And what was your definition of success before you had any money? When you were still <laughs> worried about money? I don't know, probably getting money. You know, <laughs> I, right? I don't remember what it was, but I, I would say probably my definition prior to my real entrepreneurship journey would be probably like being rich. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's an evolution, you guys. It's just a reminder that we're all evolving at different stages. We're going to be focused on different things. And, but you can see that once you get money, once you have some success, a lot of our guests are talking about, well, let's get some fulfillment. Let's do good things in the world. And so if we can start with that in mind, do good things while we're on this pursuit of getting ourselves into financial freedom, we will feel successful all along the way. Tell me, Todd, what are some of your keystone habits, the things that you do on a daily or weekly basis that have led to the foundation of your life? Uh, reading is a big part of my daily life. Reading and listening to books, Audible, uh, podcasts, you know, that's, that's been definitely a big part. Exercise is huge. I try to exercise and eat healthy every day. That's definitely a big part. Making my family a big part of my life has been a big part of my success, I, I feel. And then as far as daily habits, uh, other daily habits, I mean, just uh, time blocking probably has been one of the most massive things. A very easily distracted type of person, like I'm that, like, you know, squirrel. I think time blocking has been very, very valuable to me. Very valuable. Oh, such a great strategy because it really just gets you to actually focus on the things that you know that you need to do to accomplish your goals. Like so many of us deal with those challenges for sure of setting these goals, but then not ever really doing the things that we know we need to do to do it. And so by putting it on your calendar and time blocking it, it really helps get you there a lot faster. At the uh, end of 2019, I set my goals. And then I went on a nice ski trip with my family and I got back and I was still like dreaming of the mountains and I wasn't time blocking at all. And I would take my calendar and I'd write down a couple things, but that was it. And I just was confused at why I wasn't accomplishing anything. Why wasn't I getting anything done? Felt like I was wasting so much time during the day. And I was getting frustrated with myself until, again, I had a conversation with my mentor, which is why I value mentors. And we talked about it. And one of the things I wasn't doing was the time blocking. And so I started time blocking again. And I started asking myself as I'm doing things that aren't on my calendar, like, is this going to get me to where I want to be? Or is this who I am. I wasn't exercising either. And I would say, is this really who I am? Like, who will I want to be? Is it this guy who doesn't exercise and eats unhealthy? Like, that's not me. And so I think that that was kind of a big wake up call. And for, so for those of you who are lacking focus and who are wondering why you're not accomplishing things or you're struggling getting things done, you don't have time. Well, let's time block, time block everything and figure out 
okay, what am I really spending my day on? Awesome. That is such good advice. And we've made it to the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be. So Todd, tell me what's a book that's impacted your life the most or one you're excited about right now. And there's so many awesome books out there. I could probably give you a super long list. I'll give you a real estate book and then I'll give you a, a, another book if that's okay. I like uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie is probably one of my all-time favorites. I don't like the name, but I love the content inside of it. The real estate book is Multifamily Millions by David Lindolf. Anybody's into multifamily real estate, I think that's one of the best. Mm, that's great. Some good recommendations there. And from an inspiration standpoint, what impact have mentors made on your life and how do you recommend or look at going out and finding great mentors? I think I said it twice on the show, uh, how, how mentors have impacted me and I've had many other mentors that have greatly impacted me. So they're huge, right? They're looking at your situation in a different way than you are, right? And so they're hearing what you're saying and if they're good mentors, uh, they're listening to what you're saying and they're looking at it in just a different light. And so sometimes they can take something that you feel is a big problem or that you're struggling with and they can just shed some light on it that you might not be thinking. So it can be so valuable. Now, how do you find good mentors? You've got to build relationships, right? You have to get out there and build relationships with people. You have to add value to people. If you want free mentors, you have to be able to add a lot of value. If you're going to pay for mentors, you still should be adding value. You still should be networking, getting out there. And that's the only way you're going to really meet anybody is, and anybody of value is, is through that. You're going to get recommendations. You're going to meet the right people and, and listening to podcasts. Look, I mean, there's a lot of people that talk on podcasts. You might go, wow, I really like what that person's saying. Well, they might be a future mentor. You don't know. So reach out. Absolutely. Such, such good, such good things. I love that. And finally, finishing on purpose, what drives you to live your best life every day? Knowing that the things I, I do and can accomplish can serve a bigger purpose than myself, I think is, is one of the biggest things. Can serve the greater good for all and really make an impact and a difference in people's lives. I love that. That's beautiful. So tell us where can people find out more about you or get in touch? Yeah, they can reach out to me on my website. I mean, I have a free uh, kind of ebook on multifamily and syndication. So uh, they can go on to venturedproperties.com, reach out to me there or find me on all kinds of social media platforms. Todd Dexheimer. I don't think there's any other Todd Dexheimers in the world, uh, at least that I know of. So they can reach out to me uh, on uh, all social media platforms. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, and a little bit on Instagram. Wonderful. Wonderful. We'll link to that in the show notes. And it was a pleasure sitting here with yeah. you, Todd. And I look forward to the next time we get out. And a reminder to all the audience, Go live a life worth inspiring others, and you could do so today by applying some of what you heard here today. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.